Barry, what did you have for? Uh, I know you talked to Mike about breakfast. What'd you have for breakfast? Beans, coffee, and biscuit, and a little piece of fat back. <laughs> oh, dude, dude, I had about six pieces of fat back on top of more fat back. <laughs> Ew. Oh, it's delicious. Bruh. Dude, you're Fat Daddy Fatback. <laughs> Dude, that's, oh my God, that's my nickname. Fat I'm Daddy Fatback. Fat Daddy Fatback. The rest of the show, please refer to me as my new <laughs> nickname, okay? Uh, and Ruby, if you're listening. FDFB. <laughs> and if you're listening, Ruby, right now, when you talk to me, you cannot call me Mike anymore. My name is Fat Daddy Fatback. <laughs> fat Daddy Fatback. Take note of that. You got that? <laughs> Write that down. You All got right. that? All right. You know what to say when this. <laughs> Show gets started. That's right. Fat and this, we're about to get started. Thank you for tuning in. And you're going to hear our guests yelling and screaming and grunting along with us because you stumbled upon the Profit First podcast. Episode 117. Oh, a little dog. Ruby, I can't hear you saying Fat Daddy Fatback. Are you there? Yeah, Fat Daddy Fatback. Oh, there you go. Oh, Jesus, Skype is ducking her sound. That stinks. (laughs) Well, welcome everyone to the show. My name is Chris Kern. I'm the founder of Fractal Recording. And I'm Fat Daddy Fatback, the author of Profit First, and also my newest book called Surge. Just Google Fat Daddy Fatback. You'll find out all about me. And I'm joined in the studio by my colleague, Christina Bullock. Hi again. Hey. And you are listening to the Profit First Podcast. Yeah. This is the show where we explore all elements of profitability. Bruh, bruh, bruh. And in this case, we're going to talk about how to eradicate debt. You know, you can't pile up money into your pocket until you pay off all that money you owe. And uh, we have a special guest coming in today who's going to talk about some real challenges she faced and her husband faced and her family faced yeah. in her personal life. Um, so... Right? That's yeah. Who about. wants debt? I mean, although there's supposedly some something called good debt. Anyway, I don't know what that is. Maybe no! we can talk about it later. But before we do that, I want to tell you, you can find our show anywhere you hear a podcast, and you can rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and guess the website. Guess it. Well, you know it already. Yeah. It's ProfitFirstPodcast.com. You know, every Bruh. one of our shows is there. You can comment on any of these posts. This is the place where you can share your insanity. You can grunt in a comment on the page. Thank you. Do it. And uh, this show is great. It's about profit, right? Profitability equals sustainability in business. Profit is what allows you to keep going. So we need it. And everyone always talks revenue, 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 which, okay, revenue. Okay. Revenue is spectacular, but profit (laughs) is. Well, you said that word before, and I came up with is is. Profit is green vernacular. Because you oh, used the word spectacular before. I did. It is the vernacular for being green. <laughs> dude. I, dude. Dude. Fat dude. daddy dude. fat back. Dude, I can rap it and bring it all day long. <laughs> fat daddy, fat I'm fat daddy fat back fat and daddy, I am fat strong. Fat. That's my oh. rap. That was a rap, by the way. Dude. Dude, that was a rap. Yeah. Yeah. I'll kick a beat should, if you want me to. I got a drum set right now. Oh, kick here. me a beat. Kick me a beat right now. Really? All right, hold on. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> right now. That's right. Revenue is great, but you must hate. You know, do profit today. <laughs> That's it. That's that, pretty good. Thank you. Thank you. Bruh. Fat, and dude, that was Fat Daddy Fat back to That was riffing. Chris playing the real drums, by the way. Was that you playing the drums? Is that your, you playing? 
I totally dropped it. Was. My stick. It was him. <laughs> that was you playing. Dude, yeah. that's sick, man. Dude, I busted it out and I dropped my stick at the end. Did you hear that? <laughs> well, yeah, you did and you broke it in half. <laughs> and then me being fat daddy fat back, I ate it for lunch because that's what I do. <laughs> Dude, what have you been up to, bro? You know, my wife's father was visiting us a little while back. He's eighty four oh, years to old. Hear that. And Ooh. let me ask you this. Have you, have you, and I don't want to bring anything, bring the show down, but have you ever thought about when you're 84, 85 years old and you, you can't move as fast? In fact, you got to move slow and your hearing's not as good. Your sight's not as good. I mean, what is life going to be like? My, my thought was if you build your business properly now, you'll have, at least you'll have enough money then that you can chill for real, right? So, dude. This is a topic that hits with me. So my, my father's uh, almost 90 years old, and he's slowing down. Thank God he's got his health after a serious risk uh, mm. or challenge to his life with cancer. But I've been reading all these futurist articles, and the future is, I want to say it's, it's bright, or maybe it's kind of bizarre. With uh, nanobot technology uh, and cellular uh, uh, studies that are doing, they're able to, in, in test situations now extend the life of mammals by doubling it so mice that would die say within two years are living four years Whoa. they're doubling lives and i think it's just a matter of time we, we may be 5 10 15 maybe 20 years out but these technologies i think are, are going to eradicate cancer are going to eradicate all these different diseases and they're going to slow down or stop cellular degeneration which now we live twice as long wow i don't know nice yeah. welcome to the science <laughs> episode with fat daddy fat black <laughs> So, dude, here's what happened to me. Talking about you yeah, know, what's going on with me. Of course. So, I installed this. I told you a few episodes back. Six hours, I get this cable out to go to my porch <laughs> so I can watch television out there. This whole setup, I put out this TV and stuff. I use my profit distribution to do this. I, I've been saving for over two profit distributions. I finally got set up. I'm all fired up. My neighbor comes over. He texts out. Text out he goes, "Oh, this is awesome." He's like, "But your life is ruined." I'm like, "What do you mean? I'm gonna watch every football game out here." He goes. Your entire family will be out here. You'll never watch a single game. Oh. Uh, and I'm like, but I said it for me. That, the first day, this was two days ago, I go out there to enjoy it. My son, my oldest son's laying out, watching a movie. Uh, he's 23, so there's a couple beers out. Of course. He's eating chips. And he's like, well, what do you want? Well, I'm like, I want to watch TV. He's like, well, I'm watching a movie. Dude. Uh, and I was so pissed. <laughs> so pissed. So effing pissed. Now I got to watch TV on my my iPhone in my bedroom. I got kicked out of the room. Oh. Bar Christina, Barry actually I heard, we heard got audio of that, actually. Every second word was a hip word. <laughs> I know. I was so fired up. I was like, this is freaking bull. <laughs> Christina, I understand that we got some community shout outs. We do. <laughs> um, this came from a comment on Amazon on the Profit First book, actually. And this comes from MJ... Hadron, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name. He goes, if you aren't already a fan of Mike's, the book will win you over. Since reading this, <laughs> since reading this book, I've started listening to the Profit First podcast, and I can tell you with some degree of certainty that there is a genuine personal passion from the author on this subject. His goal is to eradicate entrepreneurial poverty, and everything I hear on the podcast backs up his goal. Profit, profit First 
offers an easy-to-enact plan to get your company finances in order. The company is supposed to pay you, not the other way around. On the podcast, those that had business prior to discovering Profit First say, in virtually every instance, how they were able to discover more financially efficient ways to run their business through using the Profit First methodology. So shout out to you, MJ, for being a big fan. MJ, you rule. You want an atomic bomb on that one? Yeah, atomic bomb, MJ. Dude, you blew our mind. You blew our mind. (laughs) The air horn sounded late. They should sound that off before the bomb dropped. (laughs) You know who makes this show possible are our corporate partners, MJ. And uh, they are Nextiva, Mm -hmm. Fundera, Mm -hmm. Receipt Bank, Mm -hmm. and Fundbox. We'll tell you a little bit about them in a little Mm bit. But... uh, uh, and I also want to bring on our guest in a second. Her name is Ruby Tan, and you're going to learn how she navigated debt. She's also a profit-first professional. Hmm. Part of what she did, how she eradicated debt, has become part of her cons- consulting uh, to clientele on, on, on navigating debt and uh, becoming extremely profitable. Nice. But one last thing. I want to shout out to another profit-first professional of ours, and it is... That would be Shannon Simmons. She is a Profit First bookkeeper, and she specializes in gyms. So if you're in the gym industry, Shannon's your gal. Shannon Simmons is rocking it. She is turning CrossFit gyms that are making people physically fit. She's making the gyms fiscally fit. So if you own a gym... You got one call to make to Shannon Simmons, and she will make your business grow very profitably. I can't roll my R's. Grrr. I wish I could. That's not a roll. I do a God roll. I do the German roll, which the is gra- just... <laughs> throat. Which is great for if you want to do a Chewbacca imitation. Right. That's all back We can hear your lunch <laughs> rattling around. Ruby Tan was born in Indonesia when she was 11 years old. Her uh, mm-hmm. her father brought her back to the U.S. Uh, or, now, now I'm totally confused because this I, the <laughs> script is wrong. Gosh darn it! When she was 11 years old, her father brought her to her hometown in uh, back back to Malaysia, but she finished high school later on in the U.S. Uh, something that Ruby, I'm destroying this. This is so poorly <laughs> written. But here's the one thing that Ruby did: she uh, studied uh, at in Illinois. She got married, and then. Her and her husband had that crisis moment that unfortunately too many people, many people have. Her husband got laid off. It was a crushing blow. Mm-hmm. They they were uh, filling up and, and, and getting swamped by debt, but she found a way through it. And uh, when she was telling me a story when we met up at Sage Conference, it was, it was basically unbelievable. So I want you to hear from the horse's mouth right now. Ruby, welcome to our show. Thank you, Mike. Sorry. I'm sorry no, about no, totally no. messing up your bio. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. You said Mike, and then you said what? I'm sorry. Fat Daddy, Fat Daddy, Fat Back? Yeah. That's right. Oh, <laughs> beautiful. You. We now have a sound clip we will be using permanently. <laughs> oh, jeez. We're going to cushion. So, Ruby, let's, let's talk about that moment. I mean, what was it like when your husband got laid off that day? He called me from work. He told me that um, he got, all, got, got laid off, and um, it was... Pretty much almost towards the end of it, uh, he was the last wave to be laid off because um, they decided to close his division completely. So I told him, all right, just come home. And I knew that I had to go back to work immediately. Um, at that time, I was a stay-at-home mom with two toddlers, a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And at that time, uh, my in-laws were living with us also. So I start... Um, get busy, start applying for jobs at different places. I was doing accounting, bookkeeping in prior jobs, so I was ready to get back into that. 
Unfortunately, um, the companies I applied to, they didn't want to hire me even after the after the in interview for the fact that I was a stay home mom. Um, mm. Maybe because I was a stay home mom, they refused to hire me. They maybe they think that wasn't professional, regardless of how many years of experience I had in the past. So I decided to start really low. So I went to a ro uh, our local grocery store and I worked as a cashier. Uh, from there, within a month, I was able to get a job at a bank. Um, so I worked from there as accounting assistant and within a couple months, I was promoted to staff accountant. But the thing is, my husband was an engineer. He got laid off and when I got back to start working, I did not make nearly as much, not even half to what he was making. So we made, I made maybe about well, one third, I think, up to what he was making. So we had mm -hmm. to cut down a lot. I mean, a lot, really a lot. Um, I figure out, I use uh, Excel spreadsheet. I love Excel. So I use Excel <laughs> spreadsheet to figure out what we will need to survive for six people. My two sons, my husband and I, and my uh, my in-laws. And um, hey, Ruby, did you come to the same conclusion that Barry came to of what you're going to need? You're going to need a couple of horses, <laughs> or a couple of mules. No, I get it all, though. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so, but all right. So, let, you have. I just want to see how many mouths you have to feed. Is your husband, your two in-laws, uh, your two children, plus you had six mouths you need to feed on a single income. At a, yes. at a grocery store? Uh, that was not the plan. That The plan was to jump, to jump to the next level because I could not get a job, you know, at what I wanted. So I started at grocery store. I made only $7 over there. So there's no yeah, way I, I can mean, make it. Yeah, there's no way you can make it. But I'm thinking uh, right away, the house you live in is at risk now. I don't know if you owned your house or you're renting, but either way, you got to make a payment that month. Yes. You, you yes. What what were the implica the immediate implications on you when your husband had lost his job financially? Um, well, in prior years we have been quite fit on our finances. Even though when I was working, we always treat as one income family. So whatever I made, we did not spend it. We put it away, and whatever he made, that's what we lived on. So we oh, had okay. some some savings that will that could help us tie through over that. And then when I start working, I did not make nearly as much. So we still had to deplete our savings. We had mortgage, and we had credit card uh, that we pay. It was it wasn't a credit card debt that we overdue things like that. It was just a monthly bills that we have to pay. But you know. We still have six months to fit, uh, and the bills and all that kind of thing. So, from then, um, I got a job. I think I made about you know, twenty-four thousand gross a year, and it wasn't yeah. enough to cover. Um, so we had to cut. We have to look at what we have spent and where what do we need to cut in order to just survive. So we decided, all right, we're not going to eat out. We're going to eat out only on birthdays within our family. So that means you can tell we can eat out six times a year. So that was it. Um, we don't have cable. We don't have cell phone at that time. 
um, the cell phone we finally got was a prepaid that's $100 can last for the entire year. And you, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. You lived off of one cell phone that cost $100 for an entire year? Yes, it was a prepaid. So you call that. and pay. Hmm. So yeah. In you, fact, okay. we still have that cell phone. We, we still have, I mean, <laughs> that, that. I would never get rid of that, that thing. I would actually make it like into a uh, an emblem or something. I would yeah, have frame it and put it on the wall. Yeah, cherish that thing. So you, you don't <laughs> eat out. You eat out six times a year. Every other time you're eating at home. Yeah. You, uh, you ditch the cable TV. You ditch the cell phone. Yes. Uh, it, it sounds like you're compromising the comforts of life. Did did your life, was it horrible now? Was it inconvenient? Or did you, what kind of impact did it have on you guys emotionally and, and, and actively? Actually, uh, we didn't feel any different about it. Interesting. Um, it wasn't something that we have to have. Um, TV has plenty, well, has plenty of channels to see. And uh, when you get busy, you don't really need the TV anyway. In fact, now I don't even watch any TV at all. I don't have time for it. So Yeah. Until There's I nothing on anyway. Trust me. <laughs> yes. So. So, um, so. Okay. So, what else did you were you able to cut during this process? Was there other things you were able to cut? After I worked one year in the bank, we were able to refinance our house, our mortgage. So we brought down the interest rate from I think about seven percent or so down to three point seven five. At that time, it was unrealistic. The lowest you could go was only four percent. In fact, there were another um, company that wants our business in refinancing. He said, there's no way you could get this kind of rate. Are you sure this is legit? And my husband told him, yeah, my, my wife works works there. So, yeah, it is legit. So we were able to refinance at 3.75 as a 5-1 arm mortgage because our mm-hmm. hope is we just want to tie over for five years and then whatever comes after that, by that time, hopefully my husband would get a job and we'll be able to manage by then. So after was, one was year, your decision was your decision to work at the bank. So you left the grocery store, you start working at the bank. Was that in part to take advantage of, of a situation like this, or was it just opportunistic? Meaning you're working at the bank and then you say, "Oh, I can probably get a really good deal as a in a mortgage because I already work here." Was that planned, or was that just mm-hmm. the opportunity presented itself and you sprung on it? No, I yeah that one I just I just you know because everybody said refinance refinance I said okay maybe we should try and since I already work at a bank maybe I should check my bank too so that's what I did and it turned out that as a employee of the bank I get discount also which is bonus it's great uh, that's why we took the opportunity I said let's do that you know since mm-hmm. I got that opportunity and um, so. Uh, but one thing, though, my a friend, a good friend of mine, um, gave us an advice. It says, "Be faithful in your tithing, and God will take care of everything else." And this is what was amazing, Christina. We meet up at the Sage Conference. Yes. She's meeting Ron and I for the first time, face to face, and Ron got robbed on oh, the way. I remember, remember that his yeah. wallet got taken. When I say robbed, he got pickpocketed, and we sew up uh, and. Ruby is so true to giving back that literally, Ruby, you gave Ron a wallet. <laughs> I don't know if it's full. I don't know if it's full of cash, but there was a wallet for, that you gave him as a gift. And it, it what blew me back is so true to your nature that when you see other people hurting, you instantly give. And then you told me the story of tithing, and it blew me away. Even during 
this time you're working at a grocery store, you're giving 10% of that money you need to survive to your church. Yes. Yeah, that, that I mean, is something. Ah, I don't understand it. Like, how can you survive? Like, you need that money. What kept you doing that? Um, that is one thing because we cannot outgive outgive God. Whatever we give, He will bless us. And so that's what that's the advice I have been brought up with. The moment I start working and making money, my parents always told me to always give God first and everything else he will take care of it and sure enough during that three years my husband lost his job after one year he went back to school and uh, not only do we need money for food we need money to pay for his tuition too so that's additional uh, money but we continue to be faithful in tithing and in that three years there were sweet memories made we were we were not able to go back to Malaysia prior year because we were afraid how the economy would be. And guess what? We went back uh, to Malaysia and Singapore with our airline ticket paid for. We, we went back for free for four yeah, of us. You guys share this story. I remember you telling this story. How did you get, because you became so innovative in getting what you wanted without money. How did you get those tickets for free? Um, well, We've been using credit card. I'm not saying that we max out our credit card. I did not do that. Um, whatever we need, we pay with credit card. We collect the points. And in addition to that, when we have, um, they have promotion, a lot of promotion. I use uh, do this thing and you give you like 5,000 miles. You do that, we give you 10,000 miles, that kind of thing. So we took those opportunities. So we we did that, we, whatever, whatever that promotion is so we were able to collect more mileage instead of spending money to get those mileage and we were accumulated it um accumulate about i think enough for for three tickets and then my father-in-law also had his um, accumulation through phone um so he donated one free ticket for my uh son for my youngest son so with four of us, we were able to go back to Malaysia. The ticket to Malaysia would have cost us, I think, about six to seven thousand dollars. Yeah, but we but got what it for you, free. But you also shared that story was that you didn't. I don't believe in credit card debt whatsoever. And what what really kind of woke my eyes up is that you kept a discipline that you were actually chipping your way. You had to take on some credit card debt to get through the survival of this initial. Um, financial heart attack when your husband lost a job and you were now replacing that. But what I remember you saying is that um, the credit cards you kept under control and then you actually started chipping away and paying those down, but you'd intentionally use a credit card to get travel points and so forth, but would make sure that those those uh, expenses you processed on the credit card were paid immediately then in cash, right? Yes, yes. We were we were watching on our spending, even on credit card. There were, there were months where... We would like to buy something, but we have um, come to a point our spending budget for that month. So we decided to push the spending off to the next month or the following month. Uh, we How would did like you keep to that discipline? I, I mean, some stuff you just just need. How did you keep that discipline of uh, of not spending money and and not increasing credit card debt and actually decreasing it? I think is. Um, 
I think it's a build up slowly. If you really want to stay on top, you can. It's willpower, I would think. Um, if you want to do it, you can do it. If you don't want to do it, then you won't be able to do it. Um, so I think that's something um, because we really need to get to survive and we cannot afford to get in debt. Um, a lot of families downsize, they lost their home. We will not, um, we're not willing because we need a house to live in. And my children are still young, so we have to make sure that we need it, we don't spend it. Now, let's talk about kind of the next phase of your life. You went through this really challenging time that others listening to the show, I'm sure, experienced now. But now you went out and started helping entrepreneurs. You provide bookkeeping services uh, to different entrepreneurs. And I think you were saying you found that you know these, these challenges we face in our personal lives seem to run in parallel to the challenges we face financially in our business lives. How do you help business owners who have had a setback financially or a devastating moment financially like you experienced, how do you help them get on track? What are the first steps to recovering from that? I think the first one will be we'll look at the um, the expenses that they have made, they have purchased, um, all expenses they have made, um, whatever that is. One of them will be to go through every single category. And um, just like the personal expenses, there are things that we don't we want it, but we don't need it, um, like the cable TV or the um, the cell phone, that kind of thing. There are a lot of things can be reduced, cut down, or maybe downsize to instead of getting the, all the unlimited, but bring it down to whatever amount that you will need. So, do you do you have an idea, or have you seen in the businesses that you've worked with? some common things that entrepreneurs want but don't need? I mean, some things that you can cut down uh, those expenses if you look at your business uh, honestly and, and cut back? A lot of them, I think a lot with the, the one that I've seen is the, the processing fee of credit card. I use credit oh, card, yeah. but, but that one, because like um, with credit card, you have to pay the fee I think like a fixed amount, 50 cents or more, and plus about 2.9%. So instead of using credit card, I mean, accepting credit card, if your amount is $50 or less, that may be okay. But if your sales price is like three, $400, 3% of that is quite expensive already. So Yeah, yeah that's 12, 12 bucks every yes. time. Yeah. Yes. So instead of using that, ACH... I mean, it's a lot cheaper, and ACH is. Ooh, uh, that's a good one. Expensive. That's a good one. Where where do you see that entrepreneurs live beyond their means? Is it the nice office space when they really could just get by another day? Is it is it the expensive car? Do they give themselves the luxury effects too early? What what do you see? Yeah, sometimes everything when you feel like um, you feel like oh you have a business I need to buy a car for the business immediately and even consider buying a car you have to consider what kind of car do I need can I drive there do I have to drive a BMW to get there or can I drive a Toyota you well know? obviously the answer is a BMW yeah you may arrive there in style but is it necessary you right, know? right. Are um, you arriving in style, or are you just arriving? Well, you, you arrive in style and in debt. So, yeah. in debt. right, right, right. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah if your style is dead, quote, that's cool. Yeah, there's one quote by Dave Ramsey. He said, "If you cannot afford it, you don't deserve it." Oh, I like I that. Yeah. So now, let's get to the brass tacks here. The the reason everyone listening in, why I wanted Ruby in the show, is that there's something special that we have never told many folks about about prop first professionals. Every employee here, myself included, this company has mm-hmm. experienced poverty. Our, maybe our own version of it. Maybe not Ruby Tan story exactly, but everyone has been on the brink. Either you grew up in a circumstance, or whatever. That is actually a defining important factor. We were just interviewing Chris, who just accepted yeah. the position with us. Same thing. She's faced it. Her husband lost his, he, had, he was an entrepreneurial business. He lost the, all of his clientele mm-hmm. overnight. He's gone through it. Ron's gone through it. Hawaiian Lumberjack's gone through it. But our members too. Ruby understands the emotion of financial loss, but has had the fortitude to navigate around it. And that's what she helps clients with. Right. And that's why we, why I wanted Ruby on the show so badly, just to share her story so you know the people that are working with you aren't preaching from a pedestal. They've walked the path that many entrepreneurs have walked. Ruby, if people want to learn more about you and your organization, where, where can they go to get your bookkeeping services or learn about you? Um, they can visit my website, silabookkeeping.com. So, wait, that's though. C-E- yeah, sorry, go ahead. C E L A B O O K E E B O sorry B O O K K E E P I N G. Seal is spelled C E L A and then bookkeeping.com. Chris, what were we gonna say? Yeah, I want to hear the rest of the story. How did you go from, you know, working as a cashier and then in a bank to getting on your feet and also becoming a profit first professional? Um, actually after we um we made for that two years, my uh, the three years. My husband graduated in two years with um, radiology. He became an X-ray tax, and he got employment immediately from um, one of the um, University of Chicago. And so he got a job over there. And we decided we to continue to live on survival mode until we paid off our mortgage. Nice. Because our mortgage was five one arm, and in three years time, about that time was two already passed, in three years, the mortgage rate will increase, will adjust to whatever that is. And we refuse to have that adjust any higher. So we decided to uh, pay down our principal as every month. We did not do the 13-month payment or the bi-weekly payment because I have to pay a fee. I refuse to pay any fee. Uh, so every month, instead of paying the actual amount, we sent in extra. Having two incomes now, so we were able to lump in like a thousand, thousand five every month. There were months we were able to put in two thousand extra principal towards that. Um, by the end of the fifth year, when we supposed to have the interest rate adjusted up, um, we paid off our mortgage. <laughs> nice. Give me a mortgage hallelujah, free. Mike. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. Yeah, there's three. Pick the one you like the most. I think Christina just won that one. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, then, r- r- so then how did yeah. you become a profit-first professional, real quick? Um, then when I was introduced to Mike by Gabriel. Uh, I'm sorry. Fat Daddy Fat Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay. Yeah, I was introduced uh, by Gabrielle Fontaine. And so I listened to her, uh, the, 
the the webinar and I listened to Fat Daddy Fat Back. <laughs> I knew this is something that businesses should do because I have been looking for something similar. If I can do it in a personal life, you can do it in business also to be more profitable. And so the moment I got into that, I start reading. I bought all three of his books immediately: the nice. Toilet Paper Entrepreneur, Pumping Plant, Pumpkin Plant, and also the um, Profit First book. And I, I'm not a reader, but I read three of his books. Nice. That's yeah. great. Mm. Wow. Yeah, and we're we're privileged to have Ruby as part of the family. Seriously, going out Jeez. there and helping us eradicate entrepreneurial poverty. You know, Ruby, thanks again for being on the show. We got a bolt. Uh, time is waning. Uh, and you got some some more debt to eradicate for your clients. So thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you, Ruby. Wow, that was tremendous. Uh, tremendous, right? Mm. I listen. I, I was. I'm always blown away. So I'm at this conference. Uh, I'm about to speak. I, I did five speaking engagements that week, and Sage was four of them. Yeah. And I'm sitting down, and we're, we're I'm sitting with Ruby, and you know, shame on me. I expect. This regular story. I decided to start bookkeeping, and my business has been great. She said. Uh, I became a bookkeeper because I got to help entrepreneurs avoid what I went through or, or to survive what I went through. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? And then she told the story and I, I dropped my coffee in the floor. Um, my draw <laughs> dropped to the, to the table. I'm like, what? It's unbelievable the challenges she faced and she chased, she faced them with acceptance and progress forward movement where so many people get stuck spinning and, and, and lamenting, yeah. she said, this is my situation, and navigate through it. I think that's one of the biggest keys to eradicating debt. Well, nice. in a second, we're going to talk about what we learned. Uh, first, though, I want to thank our corporate partners for making this show possible. Who do you got there? Nextiva. Nextiva, Next voice Diva. over IP. F- Nextiva. Nextiva. Next voice over IP phone system. So next time you call our office, just dial extension 7001, and that will get you right to Fat Daddy Fatback on the next Diva phone system. <laughs> All right. You have to incorporate that with every sponsor. Okay. Fundbox. Fundbox. So Fundbox is an invoice financing company. Could you imagine you send an invoice to me, Fat Daddy Fat Black, (laughs) and I'm not paying you, but you need the funds? Call Fundbox. They'll give you the money right away, and then when Fat Daddy Fat Black himself (laughs) pays you, then you return those funds to Fundbox, plus their little service And I, like... I like the term that they are a cash flow accelerator. I like that. Yeah, CFA. They're a CFA. Yeah. Cash flow accelerator. Boom. And uh, they're going to be at our conference this year, ProfitCon. Yes, they are. Yeah, which actually, Whoa. when you're hearing this, already happened, and it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you know who else is going to be there? Who? I hope. Who? Fundera. Fundera will oh. be there. Meredith Wood. Meredith Wood will be there. And uh, Fundera is a one-stop shop loan sourcing. Listen, when Fat Daddy Fatback had to get his band together for his local near his recent concert tour, uh, I used Fundera, and they sourced all the funding to put our show on the road. Mike, and who's the last company? Hold on, Mike. I'm not joking. You need to like dress up like a rapper, like a hardcore rapper, and just make like a one-minute video as Fat Daddy Fatback. Yes, that's a good idea. Okay, you need let's, to do that, please. You, oh. Let's do. It. Let's buy the costume, like Shasha oh. Cohen. How he does it, I want to do yeah. that. Oh, <laughs> our last corporate partner is Receipt Bank and corporate uh, and corporate partner Receipt Bank. <laughs> yes, and Receipt Bank. Well, I use them constantly. I used them last night. Uh, you, you, whenever you get a receipt, you you need to track it. Right to, to address mm-hmm. your tax consequences, you need to have a record of it. If you have 
uh, client you're doing work for and you incur receipts, you need to, to show it to them. The old school way was a shoebox. Listen, this is 2016, people. <laughs> Automate it. Receipt Bank does the whole thing. And right, uh, Fat Daddy Fat Pack and uses you just, it. You just take a picture of the receipt from your phone, and it logs it and yeah. attaches it to the your freaking accounting records. Boom. Sometimes, you, and you can hold the receipt with your hand down. You know, the receipt curls up. But with all the jewelry, all the swag on my fingers, sometimes it's hard to see for Fat Daddy Fat Pack. <laughs> Chris, what did you learn in today's episode, my bra? I learned a lot. I really enjoyed this. Um, <laughs> she kept up her tithing because of faith, you know, and faith that... You have to keep it flowing. See, this is one of the laws of nature, I think, in my opinion. You have to keep things flowing. You can't hoard all the money to yourself. If you keep money going out for a good cause, if you keep helping others, tithing like she did, if you keep giving, you keep it flowing, and then it allows it to flow in, and you're not a miser, and you're not hoarding. Uh, I, I really think that's huge. And the other thing was the wants versus needs. I mean, this is, this, I mean, this is not only a financial consideration this is a life consideration spiritual wants versus needs i think mainly american culture and western culture it, it it's like we're it's like a big party of desires and wants we want everything and and that's what screws us up so she is very intelligent and very resilient and i'll end up i'll finish this little mini rant with a quote she said that i love i refuse to pay any fee yeah. Yeah. I like that That's too. That's smart. She's intimidating when she says it. She's, you know, by stature a tiny person, but by voice, I mean, I, 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 I no feet, no feet. <laughs> so, um, I, it's funny. When we were having coffee, I said, uh, uh, I was wearing the Starbucks together and uh, they said, uh, Ruby Tan, here's your, you know, $3 mocha latte or whatever. And she's like, I repu- refuse to pay for that. <laughs> no, she, did. she did not. She did not. She did not. <laughs> Not at all. She paid for it and actually tithed somehow. <laughs> Christina, what about you? What'd you learn? Um, I think that a lot of, or some entrepreneurs out there are a little hesitant to start profit first. They find it intimidating. But Ruby kind of connected it all together for me when she said that she started being frugal in her own life. They were starting to live off their savings. That's not acceptable. She's like, no more cable. We're living off of one prepaid cell phone. You know, we're eating out only on birthdays. And that's essentially the same concept for profit. First, you're just doing it in your business rather than your personal life. And I think that'll help kind of make it more relatable for people to take the leap. Yeah. To, to me, it was the aha moment was that 24000 gross income. Mm. I think a lot of people hear that and they say, oh, no way. No, listen, I, I need, I'm an individual. I need fifty or 60000 to survive. You can't survive nowadays. She fed six mouths with $24,000. She went out to dinner six times that year, which actually is pretty healthy. It means yeah. every other month you're going out for a celebration. Uh, and I said, well, what was the emotion? How did you feel about it? She's like, no, it was no different. I didn't feel different. So there was no compromise to her lifestyle. And I think that's considered below the poverty level. Yeah. 24,000, six people living on that. But really what impressed me was that Excel spreadsheet that when they faced this challenge, the first thing wasn't like, we can't live this way, hands in the air. The first thing she did was she hit the spreadsheet and say, how do we make this work? And what's our plan out of this situation? Hmm. Maybe it wasn't sustainable for the long term, and they, yes, they had to live off savings, but they started working on a plan right away. And look at her now. No no mortgage <laughs> at all. How many people can say, speak to that? Mm-hmm. Husband reemployed in a position that I think he's thriving in and enjoying. Uh, Ruby's now 
leveraged her challenge to be an opportunity to serve others. I mean, it's almost like a storybook ending. Really? And I think we all have this opportunity when we, we face a challenge. That that really drove it's, home with me. Oh, tremendous. The determination she had to make it out the other side, right? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And and comes out smiling and tithing. And listen, I mean, here's the one thing fear I have is people listen to the show, they're like, oh no, we're talking about God, uh, you know, religion, tithing. Listen, I don't care if you believe or don't believe. Maybe you're tithing. What I do, I used to actually be a member of a church. I, I haven't been for 10 years. I, uh, my equivalent is giving to Kiva. There's a great organization called Kiva, K-I-V-A.org, that supports struggling entrepreneurs. That's my quote-unquote religion. Right. And I give to that faithfully. And it's interesting the return that I've received in fulfillment and seeing entrepreneurs in countries that you think could never have an entrepreneurial spirit actually being wildly successful because of this wonderful organization. I think we all should look for what's our outlet to contributing beyond just our work. How can we contribute in a different way? And Kiva was mine. So I, th- I thought that was pretty cool. That is awesome. And I just want to, another thing I learned is that uh, Obi-Ron Kenobi, who's your partner with Profit First Professionals, he's walking around with a new wallet and a new shirt from Podcast Movement because those are the two gifts he got recently. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. His clothing, everything. It's all contributed to him. No wonder he's so successful. He just spent a penny. There you go. So this has been a tremendous episode. Thank you to Ruby Tan. Thank you, Mike and Christina. Again, you can find our show wherever you listen to podcasts. Give us a rating or a review. And more importantly, go to the website, ProfitFirstPodcast.com. Find this post. Comment on this post. What are your revelations from uh, Ruby's story? What did you learn from her? What, What questions do you have for Mike about all this? Or Christina? Or me? Well, don't ask me. Ask Mike. Uh, he'll answer. No, you, you, can, you can ask Chris. You can ask Chris. For sure. <laughs> you can ask and me. Chris will refer you to me anyway, so you might as well ask me. You know, why ask Chris when you can ask the Fat Daddy Fatback? And- yeah. <laughs> fat Daddy Fatback. I like that. I, can we make a note of that? That's my nickname going forward. I want to own that nickname. Yes. <laughs> fat Daddy Fatback. <laughs> FDFB. Fadub. Fudfub. Fudfib. Nice. Fudfib. That, that, Fudfib. that rolls nicely off the tongue. That's almost like Fudfib. the Hawaiian lumberjack calling them haludge. Haludge, fubfib. <laughs> By the way, you two should make videos together. The Hawaiian lumberjack on one side and Fat Daddy Fatback. You could well, host a show. Well, we just newly created a Snapchat page for Profit First oh, you Post. So yeah, I'm going to start. I need my rap gear. You need your oh. rap gear. We're going to start recording all the behind the scenes stuff. So definitely make sure you check us out. Profit First Pros, all one word. That's right, on Twitter. Oh, that's and our could, Snapchat. That's okay. our Snapchat. You could do Profit some profit rhyming. There you go. So listen, <laughs> this has been great. And Mike, we have to really finish up always talking about Profit First Professionals. Ruby's one of them. These people that you have trained to be out in the world helping people. It's tremendous. I love it. Yeah, it, it is. And and it, it almost sounds like self uh, I'm becoming Prom- egregious promotion. here. I, not egregious, but that, I, that I'm self-serving. Oh. But... I want you to know that these people are out there to change the world. And what we decided to do, Ron, myself, our colleagues, our team here, is to kind of build a singular force. So we went out to the Ruby Tans of the world, uh, the Shannon Simmons that you mentioned earlier. All these people are out there to eradicate debt, but to really, really improve your profitability in your business. Take it to a level that's never been before. Because with it, you can really contribute in any way you wish to society and enjoy a very comfortable life for your family, your community, and all that. And that's what we want for you. Here's what you got to do. You got to take your profit first. The question is, well, okay, but how do you do that? 
go to ProfitFirstProfessionals.com, click on the Find button. We'll hook you up with Ruby Tan, Shan Simmons, or another one of our members that we feel is suited for your unique circumstance, and they will navigate you to levels of profit you've never had before. Your profit is literally one deposit away. You'll be profitable by your next deposit. Go to ProfitFirstProfessionals.com right now, click on Find, and we'll hook you up. Boom! There you go. Ruby Tan, Mike Michalowicz, Christina Bolduck, Chris Curran, Kobe Ron Kenobi, the Hawaiian Lumberjack. Who am I missing? We're missing you. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week, everybody. See you next week. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Love that guitar.